Do summer projects your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. With free delivery on over 2 million items, you can make the most of summer grilling and dig into gardening. Plus, get same-day delivery on thousands of products like power tools and storage to tackle any last-minute garage project. Summer your way with Memorial Day savings from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Woo! So hot. They are very impressed with Chase Claypool. How'd this guy last to the second round? You know, I've never seen too many people built like him in my whole life at the wide receiver position. I use Brandon Marshall as the example, and really I think he has more physical explosion than a guy like Brandon Marshall. Woo! So hot. All right. So hot. Thursday edition of PFT Live. Chase Claypool. You were all over Chase Claypool. Last year, you were all over DK Metcalf. The year before that, you were all over Lamar Jackson. The year before that, you were all over Patrick Mahomes. Chris, you are going to be a general manager someday. <laughs> I mean, I don't, know, I don't know about your work product beyond round one and two, but <laughs> yeah. for the big decisions, go to Chris Sims. He'll know who that guy is that's ready to become a superstar that – no one else seems to be sure about. Uh, well, I thank you. I I appreciate the uh, positive publicity there. Certainly, um, and you know, yeah, maybe I will be a GM. You gonna come with me if I am? Me and you together. You know, we'll run a team, figure something out. I don't know. You know, we'll we'll figure out the right spot for you. I think we could be a deadly combination. Depends on many factors. Uh, many factors. Can he leave West can Virginia? I, can, I, can I work from home? <laughs> right. A lot of Zoom meetings originating from West Virginia, if it would ever come to that. But, uh, yeah, here's the thing. What we do is great because we don't have to worry about getting fired right. if things that we absolutely cannot control in any way, shape, or form don't go our way. Because no matter how good you are, at your job with an NFL team, a lot of stuff that you have no control over, the bounce of the ball, somebody making a bad decision, an official blowing a call, whatever it is, can get you fired if it happens enough. And I think I would just be a walking ulcer in that kind of a setting. And I've got a ton of respect for the folks who are in in that fray on a regular basis because they know that no matter what they do, at the end of the day, it ain't up to them whether or not they live or die on that job. All right. Uh, how about some week six PFT props? The Browns and the Steelers getting together again for the first time in 2020. Remember, it was last year in Cleveland on a Thursday night that Miles Garrett removed the helmet of Mason Rudolph and whacked him over the head with it. Uh, Big Ben, the guy who would be in position for that kind of treatment, if it were to repeat itself this time around, had some things to say about Miles Garrett. Here he is. He's a generational type football player. Um, he's really, really good. He's a guy that we, we have to know where he is, and we're going to have to have multiple guys blocking him because he is a game changer. He's that good. In other words, please don't hit me over the head with my own helmet, yeah, Miles. Right, I will right. praise you as much as I can. And, you know, it's not as relevant as it would have been if Mason Rudolph were yeah. playing in the game. Right. But it's still part of this rivalry. It's part of the – the lore it's part especially as long as Miles Garrett Miles Garrett is playing for the Browns it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback we know what he's done when he's blown a gasket against the Steelers in the past 
And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, it's a huge game. Yeah. Browns at 4-1, and one, Steelers yep. at 4-0. and oh. Steelers really haven't been tested by anybody good. We'll do our picks on this game coming up later today for the Mega Picks broad- podcast. For now, though, prop bet, Miles Garrett, over under one and a half sacks against the Steelers, Chris. Well, uh, I'm going to go over. I mean, yeah, Mike Mason Rudolph's not playing, but there was still plenty said, you know, in the newspapers and things like that after that incident happened. You know, Marquise Pouncey is going to be out there. He's the guy that was right in the middle of that scrum. So that's going to add to it. I do think Cleveland feels, I think the players in that locker room may feel that some things were said or they're a little bit defensive about how it went down and they want to defend their teammate. I think there is motivation there. Plus, the biggest reason I'm going to go he gets one and a half sacks or I'm going to go over here uh, is because Pittsburgh can't run the football. And I just think they're going to be throwing the ball a whole lot. And you just heard – there's only, you know, you heard what Big Ben said. Miles Garrett has gotten into that, like, okay, it might not be Aaron Donald, but it's really damn close to where, yeah, the stats are good, but the amount of plays he Fs up, too, is really unbelievable as well. He is all over the place. Run game, pass game. He is, I think, you know, he might. he's the second-best defensive player in football now. I think he solidified that spot. Um, but I'm going to go with the over. And, you know, it's funny, as it – pertains to finding all sorts of things to motivate yourself. Garrett clearly in the wrong last year when he removes the helmet of an opponent and hits him over the head with it. Clearly in the wrong. But to the extent that he can use whatever lingering backlash there may be as motivation to go out and have more than one and a half sacks, yeah, do it. And uh, it works. And I think Garrett will have a big day. I think the Browns are going to have a big day against the Steelers. I think it's going to be one of those games where I don't want to tip my pick, but – yeah. It's going to be one of those games where when it's over, we're going to say, well, boy, maybe we do need to take this team seriously. Win or lose, we need to take the Browns seriously. Packers definitely need to be taken seriously at 4-0. The Buccaneers stepped into a pothole last Thursday night in Chicago. More passing yards in this battle of the goats. Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, Chris? Wow, this one's tough because uh, I could see both of them putting up some some pretty big damn numbers. I. Because God, you know Godwin and Evans are a little banged up, I'm the Buccaneers' defense is better. I'm going to go with Rodgers here in this more because I just think they're going to have to rely on the pass. The Bucks don't let you run it. They'll put five defensive linemen in the game, and even when they have four, they still have an unbelievable four. I mean, they have arguably the best front line in in football. You can make that that argument there. To where I'd have a hard time thinking they're going to be able to win the game with Aaron Jones. You might see a lot of, you know, Aaron Jones, yeah, we're giving them the ball, but it's more just to keep the Buccaneers honest on that side of the ball, and they're going to look to strike in the pass game. So I'll go with Rodgers. I don't feel confident about that one, though. This one is just so fascinating to me. This will be the third time that Tom Brady is in a big spot. Week one, 425 Eastern against the Saints. Huge rating, much anticipation, didn't win. Yeah. Thursday night game last week. National platform didn't win. And now another 425 p.m. Eastern game on Fox with Aaron Rodgers coming to town. So much pressure, I think, on Brady to put that that I I yeah. thought it was fourth down right. nonsense behind him. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers with a week to get ready for this one and and a week to just prove to everyone that all the love that gets heaped on Tom Brady, maybe he should be getting some of it. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have more passing yards in this one just because it does and, and this is another kind of apples to apples thing Tom Brady needs to have receivers Aaron Rodgers doesn't no we Aaron Rodgers does a better job with nothing than Tom Brady does so I'll go Aaron Rodgers Chris yeah I, I, I'm with you there it, it, it is it's a great I mean you're right I think this is probably the marquee matchup of the weekend or the one certainly I'm in most interested in because we think Green Bay is for real obviously and then Tampa I think you and I both think they are for real. They haven't solidified that yet, though. I mean, I was surprised, yeah, with how they let that game slip away in Chicago and all of that. So we still haven't seen them play their best football. Maybe that doesn't happen, but I just see parts where I go, ooh, it looks really good. We'll see if they can kind of bring it all together. I'm betting yes still. Are you? You're still you're still bullish on the, the Bucks, right? Yeah, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. I know, out of the but NFC. after five weeks, oh, what do you think in here? Yeah, I, well, I don't feel good after last Thursday night, yeah. so we'll see what they can do with a couple of extra days. And again, the Packers coming off of their bye week, they had more than a couple of extra days to get ready. And 
I've just I've become an Aaron Rodgers fan. <laughs> you really I have, have to set that aside. <laughs> I have to set that aside now. And there's just something about look, I've said before he and I have far more in common then we don't, and that's probably one of the reasons why there's friction there because if you're too much like someone, you're not going to get along. I, I've, I've become this late-career Aaron Rodgers fan, and I'm having a hard time setting that aside and being objective about this game because I do want to see him go to Tampa Bay and get the win over Tom Brady and get some people to realize that, that maybe uh, the greatness of Tom Brady had – more than a little to do with the people who were around him, including his coaching staff in New England. All right, oh, Aaron Rodgers, you have a new flint fan in Florio. <laughs> Maybe I need to wear an Aaron Rodgers jersey. Uh, yeah, next I think week. you I should. I'm gonna. Yep, I think you should next week. Speak, and then if I'm green, I'll just match the jersey. Right. See, if don't I'm even green know. today, it's Christmas. Next week, I just look like uh, you know, it's all one. The gremlin, thing, like that You're green, like, that yeah, green the Grinch. suit thing that they wear. All right. Uh, Broncos at Patriots this weekend. Cam Newton over under 40 rushing yards in his three games this year. He's had 75, 47 and 27. So the trend has not been his friend. Chris, is he over under 40? No, over over all the way. I just look at it and go, if you're the New England Patriots, it's the safe way to go to run the ball again, you know, get him back in a rhythm. The, the Broncos defense, it's not very good. I mean, we know they're they're banged up. They're a banged up football team. There's not a lot to talk about on their front, you know, front seven to where you go. Ooh, they got difference makers. Bradley Chubb, hey, he pops a little here and there. He's getting there after his ACL tear. But I would think that the Patriots have their way with them up front, and that Cam Newton, yeah, has a little success. Certainly going with the over here. Yeah, I think so too. And you know, this Patriots offense is going to be driven by matchup. It's not a system per se. That's, That's right. The same no matter what, like the Titans seem to be. But this just feels like a game where, and you, you kind of knock the rust off Cam Newton a little bit this way too. Get him out there. Exactly. Get him to bang around a little bit. Right. Get, you know, get him just feeling like he's back in the flow after a couple of weeks away. And, and I agree with you. It's going to be over 40 yards. Rams 4-1, and one, 49ers 2-3. and three. You know, the 49ers are in danger of falling to 0-4 at home through the first half of their schedule at Levi's Stadium. Two props for this one. First, Jimmy Garoppolo over under one and a half interceptions. He had none in his first two games this season. He made an early exit from the Week 2 game against the Jets. He had two last week in that debacle against the Dolphins before he was yanked for C.J. Beathard. Over under one and a half. I this this is I man I I mean it just with Jimmy G the way he looked last week, the way they're playing on the offensive side of the ball. I mean not pass protecting all that well, and now you got Aaron Donald coming into town. Man, I'm gonna go under. I don't feel good about that. I'm gonna go under just from the simple fact that he'll be scarred by the two interceptions he threw last week and probably should have thrown a few others as well, and that he'll be ultra-protective that way and that his ankle will be a little bit better to where he's a little more effective throwing the ball and doing that. But I don't feel real good about saying that. I'm going under only because I think he'll rein it in and realize this is a big game and I can't be stupid. Last week, he clearly had no business playing. It no. was obvious the ankle was still bothering him. He fully participated in practice on Wednesday. Would you rather see a 90% Garoppolo or a 100% C.J. Beathard? Oh, I know. Because last week, I don't think even Garoppolo was at 90%, right? I mean, I think it was probably at like 75, something like that. I mean, there was a real – you could really tell watching the game back that there was an issue there with him – Make it. I, I guess I'm still gonna go 90%. I'm still gonna go Garoppolo. I am. I don't know if I trust CJ Beathard enough yet to say that. I don't. So I will go with Garoppolo. Garoppolo still knows where to go with the ball. And when I say 90%, I think okay, yeah, he's at 90%, which means he's strong enough to put his foot in the ground there and really drive off that back right leg, which is his hurt ankle, and make effective throws. So yes, but that, that that's a close one, Mike. All right, next one, same prop, different game. We had one and a half sacks as the over-under for Miles Garrett. It's also the over-under for Aaron Donald. What are you taking? I, I, I feel like I got to go with the over. I, I, I just, I do. I mean, I, I banged up a little up front, especially at the guard position. They got a little issue there in, in San Francisco. 
Uh, I mean, they're going to find ways to get Aaron Donald, you know, matched up on whoever that guy is. Ben Garland, or not, you know, Brunskill, number six, uh, 60. He's the right guard right now who had some issues last week. Uh, I would think they're going to find ways to make sure he gets one-on-one. And, I mean, really, every week Aaron Donald is basically a two-sack guy. If he doesn't get two sacks in a week, it's just because, like, he missed by a smidgen like seven times where the guy just threw the ball away or as he's swinging in the quarterback to the ground, he threw it and, you know, didn't get intentional grounding. He's, he's unreal. I've never seen anything like him. Like I said, Aaron Donald has entered the conversation of one of the greatest defensive players in the history of football. He is up there with those type of people now, and I, I'm going over there. Yeah, I agree with you as well. It's incredible, and I still think back to that 2014 draft and all those teams that passed on him there should be the same regret for those teams as there is for the teams that passed on Patrick Mahomes that's how good Aaron Donald is one of the best of all time and he's still smack dab in the middle of his prime and who knows how long he's going to be able to keep it up and he's probably going to keep it up for a very long time all right Bears four and one Panthers three and two Panthers the favorites in this one which is kind of stunning who's got more receptions Allen Robinson of the Bears or Robbie Anderson of Carolina. I'm going to go with Allen Robinson here. And not that the Bears are the most high-flying offense in the world and everything like that. Carolina's certainly been better on defense than I expected. But Robinson is clearly their best target in the past game. Clearly. And with this Carolina defense, they'll, he'll have opportunities to catch some passes here. And I would think, excuse me there, why I'm uh, swallowing and burping my coffee. But I would think, it, yes, they're going to feed Allen Robinson a lot where on the other side of the ball, as good as Robbie Anderson is, the Bears have seen how much he's been getting the ball. The Bears' defense is very good, and Carolina has other weapons. I mean, you know, Robbie Anderson's having statistically the better year. I'm not sure I think he's the best receiver on their team. I think it's very close with DJ Moore, too, who's an awesome player. So they have that option to go that way if they want to. The Bears don't really. It's Allen Robinson. He's the guy. I'm going to go with him. Yeah, I am as well. And look, Robbie Anderson has been kind of a favorite for Teddy Bridgewater, but I think back on what Khalil Mack did last Thursday night against the Buccaneers, and man, I don't know if Teddy's going to have a whole lot of time to throw to anyone he might on not. Sunday when the Bears come to town, especially with, and this gets back to the Titans finding motivation and everyone pointing out that they have a COVID-19 outbreak. The Bears, I think, are going to get plenty of motivation from the fact that they're 4-1 and one and they're underdogs against a rebuilding team that has strung three wins together somehow all right Bengals one three and one at the three and two Colts Jonathan Taylor who became the starting tailback when Marlon Mack suffered a torn Achilles tendon week one over under 80 yards for Taylor his rushes by start 101 59 68 57 is he over under 80 Chris I, I'm gonna go over I th- they got to get back to running the football in Indianapolis you know again in their losses the one thing we've seen is Philip Rivers has had to throw too much and they lose I mean that, that, that's all there is to it they still have a great offensive line I know Costanzo was hurt last week and all that yeah okay but uh the way their team is built right now they're built to play smash mouth play through your defense and Phillip make a play every now and then in the pass game. Uh, that That's their best way to win football games, in, in my opinion. The Bengals can't stop the run at all. I mean, they got issues. They just lost DJ Reader for the year. I would think this is something that jumps out on film, and Frank Reich goes, you know what, let's get back to the basics. Quentin Nelson pulling guards, start smashing faces again, and they get back on track that way. Um, Who's been more underwhelming this year as rookie running backs go? even though they haven't been bad, but let's say who's been less overwhelming. I don't want to be dissing Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but which guys, which guys been, been uh, more impressive of the two, all things considered. Um, It's really close. I think overall, I still think I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor here. I know there's that first game by Clyde Edwards Hilaire, right? We, we know that. Yes. But you know, I, I, I see within Jonathan Taylor some moments of where I go, man, he looks good. I mean, you know, your your Vikings defense, I, I won't say yours anymore because I know you're off the bandwagon. But the, Thank you. Ran well and successful in that football game. You know, that Cleveland Browns defensive front's been pretty damn good, so they did a good job last week, but I don't think they really tried to feature him. 
And then the week before that, who was the Bears? Where were they? No, they're a really good front seven. That's it's hard to run the ball on them. So uh, you know, I'm going to go with Taylor. But either way, I will say I have not been as impressed with either one as much as I expected to be going into the year. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. And they both started strong. Uh, and they both have kind of fizzled out a little bit relative to how they started. And it's funny how if you make a good first impression, you can carry that for a while. And yeah. people still think, ooh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, right. ooh, Jonathan Taylor. And the performance hasn't been where we thought it was going to be, but there's still plenty of time left. We'll see how they perform moving forward. Chiefs at Bills. Monday night football, the early game. More total touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, your homie, my homie. Mahomie or your boy Blue, Josh Allen. My boy Blue. I don't know what to do here. My boy Blue versus my homie, your homie, my homie, your homie. I don't I mean, first off, I'm I'm cannot wait to watch this. You know, all those things I said about Rodgers and Brady in the marquee matchup, I take them off the table. I forgot about this game. This is the one I'm most excited to see. But I I, I I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Mahomes. I'm going to go with Mahomes because only because I worry about the Buffalo defense more than I do the Kansas City defense. The Buffalo defense can't rush the passer right now. They don't have good cover corners. Tredavious White's not 100%. That's just, ugh, that's scary against against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and, and Mahomes. You know, the, the Chiefs, we know, they'll they'll take some chances on defense and let up some big plays here and there. But Spagnuolo, Spagnuolo is one of those guys, too, that you just said, like about the Titans and the Patriots. It, the, the defense changes every week. It's, 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 it's specific game planning. You can't look at Kansas City and go, oh, they're this type of defense, and they play that all the time. No. If they're going to play it specific to how they feel is going to give them the best chance to win the football game um, to where I think they'll throw a few more curveballs at Josh Allen than maybe Mahomes will get from McDermott. Yeah, this one's going to be tough. And this Ooh, one, man. both teams are so desperate. I just I think it's going to be Mahomes because I think this is one of those games where you get the full focus of the Kansas City Chiefs. I, this is going to be one of those where Patrick is going to Mahomes is going to find some reason to count something. He's going to count something, right? He's going to do something. He's going to have an extra edge to himself after losing to the Raiders unexpectedly and having this platform on Monday night, even though it's not the official Monday night game. It's still Monday night football. It's nationally broadcast That's by right. Fox. This is a big deal, and and I think the Bills are going to have their full attention, and the Bills are in disarray a little bit defensively after what happened to them against the Titans. But, so yeah. I think Mahomes will have more total touchdowns. I, I mean, I you know, th- th- I mean, this is going to be so cool and fun to watch. You you know, you got to think that th- that Josh Allen, you know, he's going to be aware of the moment too. He's had this great year, and then he gets to play a game on national TV on Tuesday night, and still made some unreal plays, but. Had two interceptions, right? One which wasn't his fault, but he's going to want to put a better foot forward too. They've had this little throw-off competition conversation about who could throw it farther and all that. And I would say as far as making magic happen, like the way Mahomes makes it happen, Josh Allen's probably second in football to be the most like him that way. You know, I know Rodgers and Russell Wilson make magic, but they do it a little different way. I mean, like you saw the other night. I mean, Josh Allen was doing Mahomes stuff, fading away in the pocket, throwing the ball across the field to Stephon Diggs on a third and nine. Makes a 30-yard throw across the field. Oh, another play is floating in the pocket. 45-yard laser in the back of the end zone to TJ Yeldon. I mean, that is the only guy that's kind of doing that right now is Mahomes and, and, and Allen. So that's where I'm really excited to see it because the weapons they have at their disposal – they're both defenses will give up some plays. Um, yeah, but I'm with you. I'm going with Mahomes, but I am very excited to watch this one, as you could tell. Yeah, and, you know, th- there's just that fundamental difference between when and, – and I'd say the range is this. Russell Wilson, when he makes magic happen, it's so seamless you don't even realize exactly. what he's doing. Right. When Mahomes does it, there's a, a flair to it. It's the are you not entertained. It's making it exciting and getting you on the edge of your seat, but you know how it's going to end. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you know it's going to work out when it's all said and done. With Allen, he's the guy who's walking on the tightrope. Yeah, right. With, with no net and the wind is blowing and you really don't know what's going to happen, right? 
And and I think that in and of itself makes it exciting. Yeah. But it seems like he's the one of the three who is the most likely to have something bad happen yeah. when he gets into that mode where he's just trying to make something good happen. No doubt. The, you know, that perception's still there. I think it's still real. I think it's he's washing it away, or if you're paying attention enough, it should be starting to wash away with people. You know, last year it improved that way. This year, again, it's improving. And I know people look at the other night, but damn, you know, again, people, he's going to make a few mistakes here and there. The game is all on him. You know, it, it's all about, hey, Josh, drop back, and we're throwing rifles and bombs all over the field. Let's go. Make some plays. And, yeah, it's a little bit, you know, pants on fire, whatever, and all of that. But it's still, more times than not, it's getting to the point where you go, oh, it, it could be a disaster. Oh, man, good play, good play. I We're saying that a whole lot more. Now, the other night, it came up again there, you know, in the third quarter on that first drive. Yeah, I think he was fooled by Malcolm Butler and what he did. He tried to throw a cover two hole shot over there. Malcolm Butler kind of looked like he was going to jump the slot route and then duped him and kind of got back, and it caught Allen by surprise. But, you know, for the most part, he's been mistake-free for the whole year. We'll see if he can keep that going because you're right. That's the amazing thing about Mahomes. You know, it's the thing I marvel about Mahomes and Rodgers, two greatest gunslingers maybe we've ever seen, and they take care of the ball as good as anybody we've ever seen, and that's, that's where they're really special. Last game of the week, the Monday night official game after Chiefs and Bills are over. Cardinals and the Cowboys. Andy Dalton taking the place of Dak Prescott over under 300 passing yards for Dalton. And Dak Prescott was on pace to obliterate the single-season passing record. So this is a passing offense. Does the Red Rifle fire up more than the length of three football fields on Monday night, Chris? I, I would think so. I'm going to say yes. I don't know if it'll go much over that. Uh, I don't, but I, I just still think that they're still going to play through the pass game. I don't know if their run game is good enough to where they're just going to be able to go like, oh, we're going to pound the rock and impose our will on you that way. I think with those weapons, and he's still got a, you know, a really good right arm and knows how to play football, that, yeah, he'll go like just a little over 300. You know, I don't think we're going to see 390 or 450 like we were seeing with Dak Prescott. I think they'll try to run the ball a little bit more, but I still think it's going to be a pass-first offense, so I'll go over. Yeah, it's I agree dicey, with you. Because, yeah, yeah, but I, he can do it. Look, this is a guy – it's amazing how perceptions can change so dramatically so quickly. This is a guy who took a team that really didn't have a ton of superstars to the playoffs five straight years. And, yeah, they didn't want a playoff game, but they still made it five straight years. To go back to 0-0 zero and zero when you keep losing in round one is not an easy thing to do because at some point you're just like, what the hell? What's the point? We yeah. know what's waiting for us. And, and then there were a few years where he was just kind of lost in the wilderness with a team that was disintegrating. He's got a better set of skill position players than he ever had at his time in Cincinnati in any given year, when you consider all those receivers, when you consider Ezekiel Elliott, I think he can go over. I yeah. think he will go over. I think, I, I hope, I mean, I'm, I'm at the point where I want 38, 35, 41, 38, yeah, 35, 32. I want those yeah, every week. We that should know. be on the bingo card. I should be on the bingo card. We uh, know. I, I like high scoring bingo. I like high scoring football. Sorry. I, I like, I like exciting football. You don't. Um, but I think it'll be exciting, and I think Andy Dalton will go over 300 yards. I like exciting that, football, too. I like to see a good 17, 14, or 2019 game every now and then, like we saw last Thursday night. It really puts pressure on the players. The coaches is what I really enjoy. It puts pressure on them to actually have to manage a game instead of just going, let's call the bomb again. Oh, touchdown. Look at that. I'm a genius. This is amazing. I like to see the pressure going to the coaches. I like to see if a coach – might stupidly throw the ball on second and nine and give the greatest quarterback of all time a minute and 13 left. Like, that was fun. Like, whoa, that was stupid. And then, you know, Brady trumped that with not knowing what down it was. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you with the Andy Dalton thing. Cardinals, their defense statistically good against the pass, but they haven't really played any good pass offenses, you know, other than Carolina and maybe Detroit okay. And they lost both of those games. So I would think that the Dallas can have some of those matchups there. All right, let's take a break. When we return, speaking of a team that, that scored in the 30s recently but has been sputtering on offense, the Saints, do they have a problem with Michael Thomas? And if so, how are they going about solving it? We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues. Right
Michael Thomas uh, did not play on Monday night against the L.A. Chargers. The team deliberately leaked the news on Sunday that he was going to be out for Monday night's game. You know, he was questionable. It was a home game. There wasn't a trip. There wasn't a travel obligation to say, hey, he didn't go, so he's out. That's usually what happens. That's one of the benefits of being the home team with a questionable player. You don't have to do anything more until 90 minutes before kickoff. You can keep the opponent guessing about whether or not the guy's going to play right up until just before the game starts. But for reasons that weren't apparent at the time, it was reported on Sunday during the early games that Thomas was downgraded to out. And then it was characterized as a suspension. It was disciplinary because he got into a fight with C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And several days went by, Chris, with this idea that Michael Thomas had been suspended by the Saints for conduct detrimental to the team. And Jeff Duncan of The Athletic had a lengthy article talking about all these other issues that have happened with Michael Thomas, where he's he's been difficult, according to the report, where he's berated trainers who haven't properly taped his ankles, where he accused someone on the team's staff of opening his mail and violating federal law, where he's been hard for the PR people to deal with. And it was just kind of like this, this obvious effort by someone with the Saints to air out dirty laundry in the hopes of getting Michael Thomas to stop doing whatever he's been doing. Right. But here's where it got weird. Just as we were piecing the puzzle together to come to the conclusion that if they suspended this guy for conduct detrimental to the team, he just signed a contract last year. I pulled up the contract. I looked at the language. I did the math. Almost $28 million in guarantees went away if he's suspended for conduct detrimental to the team. And then I come to find he wasn't suspended at all. Right. They made the the impression he was suspended. It was just a fine in the amount of one game check, which does not put the guarantees in jeopardy. And the end result to me, Chris, it feels like this is their way of getting his attention. This is the last chance before this gets real. And if you don't stop doing whatever it is that the Saints don't like, the next time it isn't going to be a one-game fine. It's going to be a one-game suspension. And your $28 million in financial security is going farewell forever. That's where I think this is heading if Thomas doesn't turn it around now. A uh, hundred. I agree with everything you said. I mean, yeah, we're on the same page here. That, that, to me, first off, that's just, you know, reading between the tea leaves and all that. That's the way it looks, certainly. That, yeah, this information was put out there to be like, yeah, there's an issue. There's an issue, and we're hoping Michael Thomas will maybe now take more notice of it because it's became a public issue, and maybe his representation also notices to where now we can start like, hey, Michael, you know, we, we got to dial it back, or we got to be a better teammate, or whatever that is. You know, again, I don't know Michael Thomas. I know he's a hell of a football player, and he's tough as hell in the football field. And I think the Saints know that they are a much, much better football team with him out there, no doubt. He makes their offense. He helps Drew Brees a whole lot, all of that. So that's where it was like, I think, a very smart, calculated warning shot where it's like, yep, here's a warning shot. It's kind of scary. It's going to get some notoriety and everything like that. We know how important you are. We don't want to piss you off so much that this becomes some weird, crazy issue all year. It's just a fine, but... Yeah, there's that suspension thing out there just to make sure you're aware of that and we better start buttoning it up or that suspension thing could come real and you lose those guarantees and maybe you lose your chance to be on part of this football team in the future because you're just a pain in the butt. So uh, at least I I think we're on the same page there. I kind of read it the same way you do. And here's the balance that you have to strike if you're the New Orleans Saints organization because we've seen how sports have changed in recent years. If you push a guy too far, what happens? He wants out. Yeah. Right? If you're, if you're too hard on him, if you're too aggressive with him and how you try to discipline him, he may say, yeah, trade hell me. with it. I right. want to be traded. Right. Yeah. Whether it's Antonio Brown or anyone else, not that it worked out for Antonio Brown, and I have a feeling that Sean Payton, if he hasn't done it yet, he probably soon will shared with Michael Thomas some of the details of how Antonio Brown's life has gone since he decided to force his way out of Pittsburgh. But, you know, this is usually stuff that the teams try to keep behind closed doors, to keep under wraps. 
they felt compelled to take this public because they needed a warning shot to get Michael Thomas in line. The question is, will it work? Duncan's report includes an observation that at one point during training camp, there was a one-on-one between Sean Payton and Michael Thomas aimed at getting him to knock it off. And he had gotten better in the aftermath of that. But it was this incident that occurred at practice on Saturday when he took a swing at C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And then, according to Duncan, the bigger problem wasn't that he got into the fight. It was then he was insubordinate to the coaching staff. Right. And he talked back to Sean Payton. That's not and cool. people who were trying to counsel him, he didn't want to hear any of it. And look, here's the problem. And th- this is what you get sometimes. When you have a player who is as competitive and driven and motivated and intense as Michael Thomas is. Sometimes you got to live with that that intensity arising when maybe it shouldn't. It's not the easiest thing to do right. to flip it on and off. No. You know some guys can do it. Some guys can't. Some guys struggle with it. Some guys still have to mature and I think they're trying to guide him in a way where they don't take away any of his intensity yeah. on the field. Right. But they make sure that you know, and look, he's going through a stressful time. He called a shot. He wanted to beat his record from last year of 149 catches. Well, that sure as hell ain't happening now. Right. Not after he's wiped out four games with his ankle injury, this fluke late game garbage time ankle injury that has prevented him from doing anything since week one. So I can understand why he's frustrated. But the Saints' message is you still have to act responsibly. You have to be a good teammate. You have to be a good employee. You can't be creating these issues because those things keep us from trying to win football. Games. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, you're. I mean, again, I think you're right. I mean, they, they don't want him to lose his edge and what he brings to that team on the offensive side of the ball, all of that, you know, and I don't know. You could certainly sit here and say, I'm not sure if there's a wide receiver in football that's more important to their offensive scheme than Michael Thomas. That's really his greatness there. You know, again, I don't think he's the best receiver in football. I know a lot of people do. I think he's top three, but I think the what his importance to their team and their system and their success that way, he might be the top in football as far as that's concerned because of what he does for the offense and for where Drew Brees is in his career, not being able to push the ball down the field and those things. He really kind of takes all that away and makes Drew and the offense look better that way. But yeah, he's got to work on finding that fine line, right? Like, uh, the guy I always like the attitude I think of when I watch him is Anquan Bolden and Anquan Bolden had a great way of being able to shut it off when he left the practice field to the game field. You know, you knew he was a tough as hell guy. He was one of those guys you looked at and you were just like, I don't want to mess with him. But when the field, the game was over, he acted appropriately. I went to two practices in my life and saw Anquan Bolden twice in practice. He got in a fight in both practices. He got in a fight. Wanted to du- duke it out, but when the practice was over, it was over, and he was good. And uh, Michael Thomas just needs to find uh, that fine line of not letting it carry over too much. Here's the other reality that goes along with this. Sean Payton's one of the smartest coaches in all of sports. He's not doing this without a clear plan that, you know, that, that, that makes this not the ending point. There's a flow chart in his brain as to how things are going to go, and he's fine with all outcomes. So they've taken this aggressive move with Michael Thomas. If he falls in line, if he stops creating problems, we just continue as we always have. But if he doesn't, I think Peyton has already played out the chess moves of where it would go. And you know what? If, if he is going to be a problem, we don't want him here. And, and, and maybe, maybe part of this is aimed at testing him to see how he'll respond to this. And if he responds to this by flying off the handle, by throwing uh, bombs at the team via social media, by demanding a trade, then they know what they have. But, you know, I almost feel like instead of tolerating Michael Thomas the way the Steelers tolerated Antonio Brown until he reaches a point in his career where he's no longer physically the guy he was, so you're not putting up with it anymore, I think Sean Payton has made the tactical decision to push this to a head now. Is it fixable now? Yeah. If it is, great. Then let's go forward with the rest of your career. Right. If it's not fixable now, then then let's let's know this now. And let's unload this guy while we can still get real value for him. Because I'm not putting up with this guy making a mess of things for the next five years. No. We'll get him onto another team, and they can deal with him, and they can pay him, 
and we'll get you know the draft picks necessary to reload our roster with other guys who can do what Michael Thomas can do. I, I don't think they let it get to this point if they're not comfortable, if not secretly hopeful, that maybe that's what happens, that maybe they've lit the fuse that inevitably leads to Thomas not being able to do what's expected of him. Yeah. And Thomas eventually, eventually doing the thing that lets them suspend him and wipe out those guarantees and then have all the leverage that they need over him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously they're desperate enough or – you know, a little bit worried to where we are where we are, that, 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 that this did come out and all of this stuff to where, yeah, there, there's a worry there. And, it, you know, the way you explained it, if I'm the Saints, that's probably how I'd look at it too. You're right. Figure it out now. Don't let it drag on for four or five years and where there's always a little dysfunction, a little dysfunction, little dysfunction, and then it gets to the point where it's so bad, but now he's in a point of his career where you might not be able to get what you want for trading him, whatever it may be. Figure it out right now while he's in the prime before it does, you know, snowball into bad things here. Get him to straighten it out. And you're right. If they don't get him to straighten out, they'll know, okay, he's not meant for us here. We need to move on. And he'll be in the prime of his career and he'll attract a, a pretty little penny as far as uh, a trade market. That's for, that's for sure. Bottom line, and, and this is uh, basic business advice that I've learned over the years. When you have a good workplace, the objectionable personalities stand out and if you don't deal with them what happens is others start to say hey I can be like that too right so you've got to deal with it you've got to get that person back in line or get rid of them quickly or it infects and undermines the entire organization all right we gotta take a break when we return the most important matchups for week six our Thursday PFT live draft right after this Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Thinking now of that great scene from Trading Places when Clarence is ready to make a phone call and somebody's in the phone booth. Hey, kids, there was such a thing called a phone booth. And, or, or no, he was on the phone. I think that he's on the phone. I think this hits our bingo. bingo. Well, yeah, it's an obscure it's movie reference pop from reference that nobody knows here. about. Exactly, right. Oh, what Clarence said to that woman who was standing there waiting to use the phone. He actually wasn't in a phone booth. It was a freestanding pay phone. I got my facts a little bit confused. And by the way, we have a, a poll question that Chris has put on his Twitter page or whoever's running Chris's Well, Twitter Pete page. is right now. What up? I mean, I'm on the show uh, with you, so Pete's running without it. Looking, without looking it up, do you know who Clarence Beeks is? 77% said no. I weep for America. It, 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 that's bad. How do you not know who Clarence Beeks is? And, and look, Trading Places is still out there. It pops up on Netflix a couple of times a year, and it holds up really well. It, it's, it's You're right. Some movies from the 80s, you watch it and you're like, how did I ever like this? Other movies, you're like, hey, this is still pretty damn good. And Trading Places still holds up. It looks good. I don't know what it is about the production values, but they just get lucky. Like, you find something that that stands the test of time yeah. and still looks good well, based upon what we're accustomed to today when we watch a movie. I agree. It, well, it just it's a great movie. It's well-written. It's two awesome comedians, right? Uh 
It, it, I mean, it, it's, it does stand the test of time. For that 77, 77% that's out there, go watch Trading Places. It has some absolute classic moments. And the, the other thing is that stands the test of time just because we're on it. Like coming to America with Eddie Murphy, you know, and Mortimer and what's his name, they're in that. Remember, he gives them money at the end. He gives them a bunch of cash, and they think yeah. they're back in Spoiler. business. Yeah. Spoilers. Sorry. Spoilers you should have saw coming to America uh, before. Well, yeah. Too late. Well, <laughs> the, I think I think the statute of limitations is at least yes, three years. Right. I think by then you're good to go. Okay, we got to get to this draft. But before we get there, uh, the Clarence Beaks crop report has come in negatively for Atlanta, which means there are multiple positives. Reportedly, the Falcons facility is being shut down. So now we're going to have to figure out, will Falcons-Vikings be played? When can it be played? Both teams have not yet had their buys, so this is not going to be a Week 18 type of a situation, but the Week 18 reality is getting closer and closer. So the Falcons are now the next team that we need to be concerned about. And, you know, this is one of the realities when you fold the tents, when you fire your coach and GM, you may get some guys who become a little a little complacent this, about Mike. compliance. And uh, so, you know, this is what we got to worry about. All right, let's get to the draft. Chris, I'm going to give you the first pick, the Week 6 matchup draft. Who do you have? Well... I, I I guess I got to go to the Rodgers and Brady matchup. I mean, I am. I know they're not against each other, but they're very aware of who's on the other sideline and the implications and how much it'll be talked about. Green Bay is in the conversation or maybe is the best team in the NFC. Tampa's a team that's on everybody's radar to say, whoa, watch out for them. They got a ton of talent all over the field. I mean, it seems like Brady's getting more and more comfortable in the offense. Rodgers been on fire all year long. This will be one of their tougher tests because this Bucks D is real, especially this pass rush. But I am excited to see that. And I know they're not on the field at the same time. But uh, like I said, these are two legends, and it'll be worth the price of admission. That, that was my first pick as well. Aaron Rodgers getting a chance to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the guy who's the GOAT simply because he was in the right place at the right time. At least that's what Rodgers must be thinking at some level when he's sitting around sipping scotch and or tequila, <laughs> and maybe both at the same time, maybe mixing the scotch and the tequila. Uh, how about this one? Uh, and and uh, whoever plays quarterback for the 49ers may need some scotch and tequila before, during, and after the game. Aaron Donald versus whoever gets the short straw for the 49ers <laughs> right, right. on Sunday night. Whoever it is. Yeah. Congratulations and condolences all in one. You're the starting quarterback against this guy who had four sacks and seems to be reaching a level of performance we've never seen from a defensive lineman in league history, especially an interior defensive lineman. So I feel bad for Jimmy Garoppolo or C.J. Beathard or Nick Mullins or whoever they sign to the roster and say, here's the ball, go have fun with this this guy who's going to be coming at you every time you drop back to yeah, pass, Chris. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be a scary one for the 49ers, especially, you know, they got two backups in there in, in the middle of their line right now, you know, so that's that's an issue. It's Yeah, it's Weston Richburg's not in the center. They got Brunskill at right guard. That That's going to be a mismatch to where Shanahan, who we know is smart, you know, that's something to watch out for. He is going to have to formulate the game plan around like, okay, I can't leave these guys one-on-one. -on -one. I want to run this play, but I can't do it because I can't trust this guy. I want to run this pass protection, but I can't do it because I'm going to leave him one-on-one -on -one with a guy that's lesser than him. So he's going to have to be creative in formations and, and everything to make sure he helps these guys out a little bit. And uh, I hear you. Big game for the 49ers. Uh, they're reeling, and I'm a little worried about them, as you can tell. Um, I, I'm going with the other quarterback matchup. I mean, I got to. My boy Blue and my homie, my homie. Uh, you know, two of the most exciting young quarterbacks, you know, in the game right now. I know Lamar Jackson's in that conversation, but I, you know, for my money, again, Josh Allen has entered the top five quarterback in football conversation. He is, for me right now, no doubt in the top five from what we've seen through the first five weeks of the year. So uh, their playmaking ability, their ability to do things off schedule, their right arms. Again, I think their awareness of like, whoa, that guy's pretty freaking talented. Uh, I think that'll add to the matchup, the throw off, who could throw it farther, who could throw it harder, all of those things. Uh, I think that's going to add a little extra juice to the uh, Bills Chiefs game. I had another one from that game. I'm not going to go there. I'd rather go to a different game. Cool. But Andy Reid versus Sean McDermott. Reid once fired McDermott Ooh, as the defensive coordinator that's in right. Philadelphia. Something that I'm sure Sean McDermott still remembers to this day. Next one for me. How about the Browns defensive line against the Steelers offensive line? 
Uh, and you also could go Miles Garrett Brown's offensive line against the Steelers defensive line. Right. But I think that Brown's defensive line has been underrated this year. They, They have done some good things. And can that Steelers offensive line, which isn't as good as it used to be, hold up long enough to give Ben Roethlisberger the time he needs to operate the offense? That could be where this game is won. It's always won in the trenches, but on both sides in this game. Yeah. How those offensive lines do against very good front sevens is going to be a huge factor. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and, and you're, I mean, you're right. Cleveland's D-line's real. They're, I mean, Sheldon Richardson's awesome inside. I mean, Miles Garrett, we've talked about him a lot during the show. Olivier Vernon. You know, they got some other, other guys who fill in that are also very good, you know, role players along there. So uh, I'm with you. And then that added dynamic of Miles Garrett and everything that happened, that is going to be fun to watch. They'll be in some intensity in that game. There's no doubt. And I, I'm with you there. You know, the trenches is going to be interesting in that matchup. Cleveland, can they move Pittsburgh to run the ball? Can Pittsburgh pass protect enough to throw the ball? I think that's what it might come down to. All right. I'm going to go Wentz versus the Ravens secondary. That's the one I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out because I don't think there's any weapon on the Philadelphia offense that is going to scare Baltimore, a Marcus Peters or a Marlon Humphrey, two of the best in the game. And I just can Wentz rein it in with a Baltimore defense that's going to do a lot of crazy stuff, blitzes, have people on them. You know, what's it going to be? Is it going to be able to capitalize and make some big plays? Or is it going to be, oh, man, he threw three interceptions and really let the game get away from him? I could see it going either way here. So uh, Ravens secondary versus Wentz is my last pick. My last pick goes to the last game of the week, the Cardinals and the Cowboys. It's Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray versus Texas. It reminds me of a few weeks ago when Odo Beckham Jr. comes back to Texas. He knows it well from his time with the Giants. You've got Miles Garrett, who grew up near the stadium. You've got Baker Mayfield back there. I just feel like the Cardinals coming into that big spot, that big stage coming back to Texas, that's going to give them an extra lift or maybe mess with them a little bit because it didn't work out so well for Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. But I like that element to this game that a couple of guys with strong connections to Texas coming back to show Chris what they yeah. can do. All right, we, uh, we're we done for today, but we're not done completely. The Megapix podcast will be taped about an hour from now. It will be a whirlwind, especially with the news out of Atlanta. We'll do the podcast. It'll debut on PFTPM at 5 o'clock Eastern on Peacock. Chris then gets the weekend off. Thursday, woo, woo, Friday, woo, woo. Saturday, Sunday. Not really Thursday. you got to work a little bit on Thursday. We yeah. get Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We'll see everybody later today and then again tomorrow on PFT Live. Have a great Thursday. See ya. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.